Chance Movies, the podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance. I'm Joe Harper, your host who loves rewatching movies and seeing movies about movies in a movie. And I'm Jessica Quaz, your host who's a one and done kind of movie viewer whose soul sister is Gail Weathers. And today we are giving a second chance to Scream 3. Woohoo! Scream 3. Uh, we are getting Scream 5. 5. Coming out. We have not seen it yet. Um, I believe it's actually just titled Scream. Right. Which is super <laughs> confusing when trying to look up these movies. Um, but yeah. We have chosen Scream 3 today because, well, of course, Scream 5 is coming out. But also Scream 3 is the lowest reviewed movie of the saga. Yeah, saga is the right word, right? Saga, yeah. It's not a trilogy anymore because they made a fourth and a fifth. Mm-hmm. A saga, yeah. I like saga. Series? Yeah. yeah. Series? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Saga is better. That's more dramatic. Hell yes, it is. It totally applies to the Scream franchise. That's right. Just heads up for everyone. Spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about Scream 3 and probably Scream 1 and 2 and 4 and not five, because I haven't seen it. Uh, it hasn't released yet at the time of this recording. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about it. So if you haven't seen it and you wanted to see it, uh, we're going to be talking about it. Good luck. We sure are. We're going to get into it. Also, uh, for those of you who do not remember Scream 3, uh, like I didn't remember Scream 3, so we are going to read the synopsis. While Sydney and her friends visit the Hollywood set of Stab 3, the third film based on the Woodsboro murders, another ghost-faced killer rises to terrorize them. That has been one of the most accurate synopsises of a movie we've watched recently. I mean, it's ex- that is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's the that's basics going on. Yeah. All right, this is the third one. And, Jessica, let me know your history with the Scream movies. And, more specifically, this third one. Um, So, I love Scream 1 and 2, and I like 4 a lot. Um, I don't remember, like, the first time I saw any of the Scream movies, because it's been so long. Nor do I remember the third one. I know out of all of them, I've seen one and two the most. I watch them usually at least once a year around Halloween. Um, And then sometimes I throw the fourth one into the rotation as well. Um, But three, it was one like I never liked as much. It avoids Um, the rotation. It will avoid the rotation. It's not canon. so. I mean, it's definitely canon. No. (laughs) Not for me. I don't think I watched them until like, high school or college because 
growing up, my parents were probably like, no, it's too scary. So, like, they wouldn't allow, like, renting of this movie or watching it. So, um, I experienced a lot of better movies later in life. Um, but this, like, I love slasher movies. It's probably because of the Scream franchise. I love the, like, mystery of, like, who done it and trying to figure out who it is. But with repeat viewings, it's I know who did it. I know. But, like, at least with these, it's fun to know if I know who did it, kind of seeing where they fit in the story and how they were going about it is kind of wild. Um, for this one, I think Scream 3 was the one I probably watched the least. I probably only watched it once. If that. Because I bought, like, the, the trilogy on DVD. I know I've seen the first one a bit. I know I've seen the second one. Because I, I rewatched all these before, so I I needed to watch one and two before I watched three. And then after that, I was like, let me just watch four again. Uh, so I watched them all. In a nice. Row. I, um, I like that a lot. When I was watching great. Scream 3, I could not remember anything about this movie. I was like, I I don't even remember if I've seen this. <laughs> it was like watching a whole new movie fresh for me. Um, So there was about a part of me that was like, I had my, I had like three suspects of like, I'm pretty sure I know it's one of these three people, but I don't remember who. And I was wrong. All three of them? You didn't guess? No, one okay. of them was, but my number one pick Ooh. was not was not it. Okay, I'm very curious about that, and we'll yeah. definitely get into that later, because I want to talk, we're going to be talking about the villain, we're going to be talking all sorts of scream. Yeah. Uh, but until then, I think it's time for some reviews. Oh, goody. I love talking about the reviews. We love um, the reviews. To get us started, do you have any uh, positive ones? Let's start with the positive. I know you like those positive ones. Yeah. Um, a fresh take on this movie. All right. Andrew O'Hare from Salon.com wrote, holds up the horror of the franchise nicely. Uh, Sure. I think it does. I think they all are the same like plot to me. Some someone's just killing everyone one by one, and at the end we reveal their dumb reason why they're doing it. Out of all the justifications for every scream movie, this is not the worst reason why a killer is murdering everyone. Oh. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> sure, uh, I fine. think we're gonna fundamentally to. disagree on a lot of things about this movie. That's okay. Sure, Brace <laughs> Thurman of Horror Queers podcast, Parker Posey, in a fitting end for Sydney Prescott, saves this film. Um, I think Parker Posey is one of the highlights of this movie. Um, save it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's. The bar is really low. She only has so much to pick up. So, yeah, maybe. Can I tell you what didn't save this movie? Hmm. Courtney Cox's bangs. Oh, of course not. Oh, my God. (laughs) Who allowed that mistake to happen? They're so bad. So (laughs) high and so uneven. And, like, every time you look at them, you find something else that's off about them. Like, I'll just never get over those bangs, nor will any of us. Oh man, they're so distracting. Rough. It's really rough. Karina Montgomery with Cinerina wrote, "Go see it. It's fun. 
See if you can spot the homages, also known as satirical ripoffs. She liked it though. She gave it like I think it's a high fun. mark. <laughs> yeah. Um. The homages. Uh. Is it to the other scary movies or to other scary movies or? I think it's just cliche slasher things all around. It's I don't know if I would call it homage as much as like a cliche. First and second, especially with Randy around, do a really good job of like those really heavy-handed homage moments where, like, you you know they know what they're doing and, and yeah. it's a campy and stuff. This we're like, in on our own jokes. Yeah, and I feel like this one kind of does that about trilogies, like the third movie, it is sort of, but like. But it doesn't because it's not like, a, in the third one, anything can happen. Right. Okay, so it doesn't matter. So it didn't matter. You didn't right. need to tell us that. Yeah, yeah. God, we'll get into Especially if they're I'm hinting sure. at like, oh, anyone could be the killer or anyone can die. Well, then kill one of them. That's mm-hmm. what you needed to do if it's not like a, if it's a trilogy, kill one of your main characters. I'm glad they didn't though. Cause... Not kill unless it's just getting rid of those bangs. Rich Klein of Shadows on the Wall. One of the best scary movies in years. Full of deadpan humor, red herrings, and some very good jolts. Um, you know what? I've never considered any of the scream movies like scary movies. To me, they're like thrillers. Um, maybe even their own genre of slasher. Uh, it's, again, one of those ones like every like 10 minutes, every beat, another character is getting killed in a creative way and one step closer to figuring out who done it um it does have like jolts like just jump scares i don't even call them like i wouldn't call that scary at all it's startling but it's not like gonna creep me out and make me nervous say the red herrings i mean because i i really didn't know who was gonna be the killer i had an i had an inkling of like it's gotta be one of these three people and it was one of them, but it wasn't my main suspect. See, I think that one thing that's really genius about Scream that is lacking in this one mm-hmm. is that the killer's always hiding in plain sight. Like, they're there. They're somewhere. They're around. Okay, so yeah. that's what makes it fun trying to figure out who it is and, like, who's a red herring and who is actually a murderer. Um, whereas this, our murderer is hardly in it at all, really. We see him once, and we get some phone calls with him. But, like, we we really don't see him interact at all with anyone else. Like, Which it's very limited. Which makes you want to rewatch it to, like, see where he's at throughout the movie. Yeah, because th- I have watched it quite a, quite a few times, you know, even though I don't love it. Um <laughs> I have. It's one of the very few movies I will rewatch, even if I don't care for it. Um, just because I love Scream, man. Well, this is enough good reviews. Yeah, no one really likes this a whole lot. Alright, this one's pretty sassy. Okay. Mark Caro with the Chicago Tribune wrote, despite the various surprise cameos and cute twists, it takes itself too seriously and adheres to too strictly to its formula to avoid becoming what it parodies. So, first of all, various surprise cameos. I can only think of one. 
What's your surprise cameo? Jay and Silent Bob pop up. Oh, and Carrie Fisher. Okay, so we got two that come to mind. I often forget Carrie Fisher has a cameo in it. You know what? When I was watching her, I just thought, why the fuck is she not in more things? Yeah. She's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, It might just be because she's Princess Leia and that's the only thing people will ever see, but like, I feel like we got more things like this. She'd be like Mark, like Mark Hamill is now. Yeah. Let him do a couple things. We forget he's Luke. He's Mark Hamill. He becomes something bigger. Yeah. No, I do like her cameo. I think it's a lot of fun. I Um, do think it's super strange that Jay and Silent Bob are in it. Yeah. (laughs) Mostly because they're fictional characters. Right. Um, but in the they're the reason they're in it is because it's both are produced by Miramax, and Kevin Smith was worked a lot with Weinstein. Ugh. It oh, feels what? out of place a little bit. I get that, like, we do meta stuff with movies for the Scream franchise, but that one in particular just feels sort of strange. All right. Owen Gleberman from Entertainment Weekly said, the only thing the movie kills with any decisiveness is your time. Uh, yikes. Madeline Williams of Cinematter. Scream promised to change that formula. Scream 3 proves that we're back to the same old story. And it's not all that good. America's sassiest bitch. Came in hot. Not liking Scream 3. One bit. Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times said, If Scream was like a funny joke, Scream 2 was like somebody telling you, Here's how I heard that joke. And Scream 3 is like somebody who won't believe you've already heard it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the movies are essentially copy-paste. It's a formula, yeah. Which doesn't bother me. No. Because I think it's a solid formula. Are some of the movies weak? Kind of, but like they're also just fun and dumb. Like, also, like the the slasher genre is incredibly formulaic, but like that's fine. <laughs> like I think that's what that's makes right. the first scream iconic because you got people that are like essentially breaking down the tropes and playing with the rules. Um, and that's what makes the first one iconic. Yeah, uh, this all the sequels have just been just fun treats for the audiences that liked the first one. I really like two. Two's up there I, with one for me. I feel like two is the one I watched the most, which is why I probably don't care for it. Okay. We always go over to my neighbor's house and we'd always catch the end. It was always on like uh like on TV on cable and we'd always somehow get the end. I'm like, okay, I'll watch the end. <laughs> watch the end a couple so that's why I know who it is. Um, it's really funny that I, all, like, I what think, you've seen the most is the Lori Metcalf reveal. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> I've seen it. And, just, and then when I'm watching, I'm like, it's so fucking obvious it's her. Um, the reason why it's her is the, whoa, what? Yeah. Um, mom. She's Billy's mom. Uh, Billy is, let's see if we can get this, break this down a little easier. Before the events of Scream, Cotton is sleeping with her mom. Her mom's like sleeping around with a lot of people, right? Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. As far as we know, yes. 
Okay. Three kind of muddies that those waters a little I bit. agree. I think by that point we're just like, okay, you're just pulling, you're just trying to weave a basket now. Like, I don't know what's going on. So for the first movie, uh, yeah, so Sydney just like, this happens with like traumatic situations, but Sydney misremembers what she thought she saw and she believes that this guy Cotton Weary, who's played by Lee Schreiber, is the killer of her mother, um, and he's in jail. He's in Scream One. He's he's been serving time for this because Sydney's been like it was him. Yes, um, and then as the movie goes forward, people are picking her friends off one by one. Um, we find out that Cotton is not in fact the killer. It's her boyfriend and her boyfriend's friend. And they did it, one, because they just are psychopaths, uh, which, hey, that does happen. Like, people just be murdering to murder, um, which is awful. Uh, And then it turns out that Sydney's mother was sleeping with Billy's father, her boyfriend's dad. So that's that's why why he was like, fuck this bitch, you've ruined my family. Um, because he's a teenager also, like, let's not forget he's got a teenager brain. They all look like they're in their mid-twenties, so. Yeah, Skeet Ulrich is a babe as a villain as well. Oh, so, young, yeah, so young stupid brain is like, you realize I'm gonna kill you! Um, and then Stu is just crazy, and is like, yeah, I wanna try to murder and see what that's like! And so they do that. Second movie, we have the Billy's mom is one of the killers. The other killer is Timothy Oli Fantastic. <laughs> um, and he was just like a guy that really loved film and film class and wanted to duplicate it. No. What What was his reasoning behind it? Was he sleeping with Billy's mom? No. What do you call him? Timothy Oliphant? What well, do you call Timothy him? Oliphant. Yeah. Oli Fantastic. Oh, okay. Oli Fantastic. Yeah. Um, She recruits him to carry out murders for her. Okay. Um, I believe there's even, like, a tiny line or two that says, like, actually, like, he doesn't give a shit about school. We purposefully, like, tried to get him in here so that he could follow you so that I could fucking kill you because you killed my son, bitch. Um, See, this is the one I don't like the most because her reasoning is, like, you killed my son because he was killing everyone. What? No, your son was a bad person. Like, Yeah, but she's also not playing with a full fucking deck. I guess that's true. But <laughs> like, I, still don't, you know? I still don't like that justification. They're like, you killed my murderous son. I'm going to murder you. I'm not going to murder you. I'm going to murder everyone like all the other murders around you. I don't like that. Um, And then this one, it turns out it's Scott Foley. Who... Is in like two scenes. He's an actor <laughs> in the movie, right? He's the writer of the movie. Oh, he's the writer of the movie. Okay. Um, he is in like two scenes before the end, and it's yeah. oh, because I, I when I first was watching this, I thought he was a cameo. So that leads me to my first question for you, which who were you thinking was the killer while watching it, since you had forgotten? So I assumed it was two people at the beginning. So I assumed. My my three lead suspects were Parker Posey, 
Scott Foley and Patrick Dempsey. Um, okay. And so when I was like, there's two people that are probably the killer. When Parker's around um, Patrick Warburton, I thought, mm, were they, are they in on it together? And then he dies, and I'm like, oh, well, definitely not him. Um, which sucks, because I, li- I like Warburton a lot. Um, but then I I definitely thought it was Patrick Dempsey as the cop. I thought the cop was 100%. He would just jump in and out of the story yeah. very conveniently. Yeah. And like also have a shitty attitude towards everyone. And act like a fucking creep at times as but well. But also, that's what I thought. I was like, no one's going to suspect pretty boy Dempsey as the bad guy. And so that's why I was like, it's got to be him. And then it's not. And I was like, it was fully... And he plays like Sydney's half brother, and he's doing it because the the mom, what she had him or no? Oh my when, god! I, this I is where we get re- fucking I wild. Forty, don't remember. <laughs> oh, so it, it this is a lot, but here we go. Yeah, yeah. So we're here for it, though. Okay, I just want to remind you that a few minutes ago you said this m- motivation was one of the best. I said it was not the worst. <laughs> Okay. I was better than some of the others. Okay, so this this is wild times for me. But uh, so Maureen Prescott, Sydney's mom, at some point, um, just like leaves Woodsboro, and that's even a line. That's literally a line. Gail's like, at some point, she left Woodsboro, and no one knows where she went. And it's like, okay, so she went to L.A., wanted to be an actress, um, and while she was out there, she went to the executive producer's party because he would have multiple parties at his house and while there someone took advantage of her and she got pregnant and it was probably the producer who is probably the dad of no we have a line where he's like i mean some people just did bad things at my parties i didn't mean for it to go out of hand um okay so yikes so scott foley is adopted and then finds out that his mom abandoned him. Um, and I mean, he knew that, though. He knew that he's known that his mom abandoned him if he was adopted. So I but we, we don't get any clarification on like, when he matter. found out. He gets really mad about it. And he actually we've not. OK, so now we are changing the whole story. Uh, Scott Foley's character goes to Woodsboro and gets Billy and Stu to think to think that Billy's dad is having an affair with Maureen. But now she's now okay, the third one everything we thought we knew we're, is, is we're a, playing is around with the facts that we've already had. Yeah. Okay. Um you're right. This is the worst one in the trilogy. <laughs> Which is, like, what actually, like, Randy says in the video that they get of him. He's like, it's a trilogy. Anything can happen. We go back to your origin story, and anything we can, anything can change. Whatever. So they do change, actually, I the feel whole like thing. we get a little Randy cameo. Like, I do, too. He got killed off, and we need Randy in this movie. I know. I think that's the worst part of the fourth one, is we don't get a Randy cameo. So, I... Or you get a, I think there's a little line about him. There is a line about him where, like, the film nerds love him in four. He was, like, their little hero so actually what was supposed to happen and i don't really know what what happened here and if we could do this in five i'm not gonna question it i'm gonna be all into it so originally scream three instead of the video it was supposed to be 
Randy shows up and was like, I didn't really die. I went into like witness protection program. I was afraid for my life. Here I am. I don't know why they changed it. Maybe they scheduling, so... they couldn't get Jamie Kennedy to I know, but... do it, but I hope they do it. I feel it like for he's five. the kind of guy that would like absolutely show yeah. up. Yeah. Maybe, maybe five. He, I won't, I'll be Is fine. I'll accept it. I'll fucking. Because, like, oh, I'd accept I mean, that in, in, in all heartbeat. the movies, like, Dewey gets killed definitely in two of the movies. And then, like, miraculously, he survived them all. Yeah. Uh, so I think, like, Dewey, if Dewey can come back, anyone can come back. Truly? Who cares? And also, okay. <laughs> as long as you write any line of dialogue that explains, oh, well, actually, it hit my bone in my brain, and that's why the knife didn't go through the brain and kill me. So I'm alive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> if you I, say I, so. I'll take it. Yeah. I definitely saw death, but if, if no, you say I, it wasn't. I can erase that from my memory. Sure thing. Um, okay. <laughs> Who cares? So, We're getting fun scream movies. Who cares? I, yeah, I don't care. So yeah, Scott Foley basically tracks down his birth mother. Okay, yeah. Uh, is like really pissed off that she abandoned him. That's not enough though. He writes the stab movies. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he writes the stab movies because he's just like obsessed with his own work. Okay, because it turns out he orchestrated the events of one, and he just loves it so much. At one point, at one point, he literally says. I'm a director, Sid. I direct. Now, do you think he encouraged Billy's mom to react? And he was the grand master of all the movies? No. That would have been even more epic if he was able to do that. Um, He doesn't take any sort of credit for that. I feel like he needs to. That would have made this the perfect trilogy movie. <laughs> like about this movie. Did you like anything about this movie? I really liked Parker Posey in this movie. <laughs> She's the actress playing Gail Weathers. Yes. Um, to me, she is the most memorable of any of like the new characters that show up. Um, she's just really funny and kind of fits into this world really well. Um, I just think she's great. I think a lot of the like new ensemble members are really boring and like have zero chemistry. Um, but she knows how to just like stand out in this world. And I think playing like her being a like a bitchy actress playing Gail is really fun. Yeah. Um, and she contributes something as well when eventually like her and Gail team up to find out what the hell's going on, which is really fun. Um, plus, I find her to be really the only, like, of the ensemble that are playing the actors, playing the characters, she's the only one that's, like, really embodying the character, yeah. and I think that's what is fun, is there's, like, two Gales, but one's a knockoff, and one's the real one. She's the only one doing that. I do um, think it would be fun if we spent more time, our main cast spent more time with our actor cast that was them, and was like because like the yeah her being fake gale with gale is a lot of fun right it's it's definitely the highlight of the movie yeah i think she's um, a great new addition i think she's really fun um and she adds some camp to to the third one as well um so i do i really like her in this uh one of the scenes i really liked was jenny mccarthy's like scene is like the hot blonde who is very 
again, I like it when they play with the genre of like we know what we're doing, and she knows she's the actress playing the the girl that has like two lines and is gonna get killed, and is a mirror image of what is happening, which I think is fun. I think that's really fun too, and I think that like kind of harkens back to the first one of like being really meta about the fact that we're a movie because she has a line that's like she's complaining to the director like I'm the second character killed and I only have two scenes and she is Jenny McCartney is that for this movie that's really funny um and there's just something about her like I don't particularly like her she's anti-vax um and whatever but she like fits really well into this universe so like I don't mind her in in this at all did Mortimer die in this? I think yeah. she did. Again, she she's stabbed. super forgettable in this movie. Super forgettable. Um, does Dewey die in this movie? Kind of, I mean, like, die? He's, like, attacked. Yeah, and um, not as much as he does in, like, 1 and 2. Man, 2 is intense with his... I think that scene is great mm-hmm. when he's, like, banging on the glass to, like, warn Gale. Yeah. And Gale turns around, and she can't, they can't hear each other through the soundproof glass. He just gets stabbed and blood everywhere. Yeah. Off, Dewey's done. Uh, but he doesn't die. No, he doesn't die. So one thing I will say that I actually do like, I just don't know how much, like I like it, but it feels weird at times with this movie. I do like Sydney is isolating herself and she's working from home for a call center to help others that are in a crisis. So it's a crisis hotline um, and she's helping other people. And I think that's really fitting for her. And it makes complete sense that at the start she's isolating herself because she's been through some shit she's also taking phone calls which one of them end up being the ghost face voice and i'm like that's such a clever way i i like that again this is why i think this is good characterization for sydney but then at times like it does feel very wasteful like the first half of the movie she's really just like answering phones and napping and like dreaming of her dead mom which is like okay um and then Sydney, like halfway through the movie, like comes back and is like ready to fucking go. Um, and that's weird because, like, yeah, Ghostface found her and he's calling her. That's not enough motivation for me for Sydney to like get up and help fight. So, yeah. what... uh, fuck off. I'm yeah. done with this. Yeah, like, I'm out. I'm out. Leave me out of this. Um, so I think what would have been better is if. Cotton Weary's death, Leaf Schreiber's death, isn't the thing we open with. We could find something else to open with. And then it's him being murdered that gets Sydney out of the house. Because now she's like, oh, fuck. Well, they're coming for, like, the people I know. And, like, I do owe Cotton something because he helped me last movie. He saved, helped save me. I'm like, oh, man, I've ruined that guy's life. Like, I should I should fucking avenge his death. Um because, yeah, she pretty much just is like, oh, yeah, people are getting murdered. That sucks. And then he calls her, and she's like, okay, well, I guess I'm getting called out to action, baby. So, again, I like I like what, she's, what they have her do, where she finds comfort in herself and is able to, like, move past and work through her trauma. But the way in which they do it, I don't know. I don't know how much I love it. Kincaid who's Patrick Dempsey, was included in the climax at the producer's insistence after the they realized he disappeared before the third act and his arc went nowhere otherwise. <laughs> I I think the ending is, like, 
That's how it reads. Like with with Patrick Dempsey, he's just well, there, like, everyone is just entering, exiting rooms at such a quick pace yes. that like I can't keep up with what's happening. There are two times where we have a group of our ensemble of our characters together in one house getting attacked. It happens twice in this movie. And both times to me are like reminiscent of the first movie's party scene uh, in which Rose McGowan gets taken out. Okay. But it just never like lives up to that. Um, And I, I don't know why it just feels really messy. And like so many things are happening at once, but they're just like, again, like not that like, interesting or it's just really just like a plain old stabbing so it's hard to remember like who died because it's like oh yeah i think they got stabbed in that house at some point i mean everyone most of the people's death in these movies are stabbed because right it's a knife uh so i guess it would be hard to come up with creative ways of stabbing people i think one or two are like in the head and it's like holy fuck it's like no that sucks yeah um but like yeah, I wish there was a bit more creative ways or creative reveals of it. Like, oh, he's right behind you, boom. Right. It's more the reveal of, like, oh, I didn't see he was there than it is the yeah. actual, like, uniqueness of a death. Um, I also find myself, like, not caring about any of these people, uh, with the exception of, like, Gale? Dewey, Gale, and, like, sort of Parker Posey. Um. Which is, that's hard, because I feel like 1 and 2 did do a really good job of, like, introducing these characters. Mm -hmm. And 4, too, I think, did a much better job of, like, introducing these characters. Here's who you should like, and here's who you shouldn't go. Um, I think 4, I think, does it the best, because I think they make everyone pretty likable, except, like, the red herring, who's obviously not it, who mm -hmm. we think it should be. The new people are easy to sort of forget. New we characters. Don't, new characters. Um, they just feel really disjointed for some reason. Um, they just don't, like, mesh together, and I'm not really sure what everyone's deal is. Um, so I don't care when they die or when they survive. One thing I think is fun about these this trilogy, the first three, and I guess it kind of falls into the fourth one as well, is... Uh, Courtney Cox and David Arquette having a romance off screen while this is happening. Um, I found a fun little quote from Courtney Cox. She remarked about her relationship with then husband David Arquette in relation to the Scream franchise. <clears throat> I was just flirting with David on the first one, I was sleeping with him on the second one, and we shared a trailer in the third. <laughs> And I think between three and four, they got a divorce. And so, like, they're, but their characters, and the actors still remain pleasant. And, like, the characters were married because, like, that's what we want in the franchise, those two to keep being together. Yeah. So, like, how lucky are their kids to have had, like, Scream be so much a part of their origin story? Like, that's fucking rad. That's really cool. Yeah. Good for them. Good for that family. Scream is, like, how you got all brought together. I like it. I like it. One thing that's rough on this rewatch, or just this watch of it, so much outdated 90s technology. So much outdated Like 90s. a car phone? There's that. There's, there's a fucking a, car phone. There's like a fax machine, a printer. Um, I wrote it up there. Where is it? All this 90s technology. Landline. 
printer. Cindy lives in the woods and she's got this landline. <laughs> she's got a headset as well. Like, but what's funny is like some of these really outdated pieces of technology are played to be like, oh, this is a big deal. We got a car phone. Yeah. <laughs> it really ages this movie. You know uh, what's wild to me about this movie? No, I don't. We have a car chase scene and a full blown house explosion. And this is a, this is supposed to be a horror movie. This is a scream. What are we doing? What are we doing? We're just having a fun time. This is the third one in the trilogy. I guess we got to make things explode in the third one, no matter one, what the story is. One thing I thought was weird about the story is that when Cotton gets killed, his death, that a lot of the main characters think, oh yeah, there's another killing spree afoot. Right away. <laughs> It just could have been a murder. Right, right. He's he's a famous person. People are crazy. Like, yeah. It doesn't mean that there's another killer on the loose. So I think what could have been like really fun, uh, and it's kind of like Tropic Thunder y to a certain degree, if you catch my drift. Um, if we have Cotton be murdered and instead of automatically having people being like, oh, it's starting again. No, like, oh, this is gonna be such good PR for our movie, like did you hear Cotton just got fucking slashed? Like, rad. He's, He's a gonna be person. so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah but it's like, so sad, but. <laughs> but, like, think of how many more people are going to want to watch this, especially if we include a Cotton death in the movie. Right. Like, that would be way more fun. Wasn't Cotton playing himself in the movie? He, I yeah, I think he was. So then, Which like. Which is, I think is weird that he's cast as himself. Yeah. Or. Or cast it all in the movie. I would, right. I guess, like a cameo, but like he wouldn't be one of the people that. Like, I also think he, especially after the events of those two movies, he would be like, no, I don't want to be anything involved with this. Well, and also like with, see, I like that we get rid of him in three, but I don't like that he's our opener, um, because I just it feels super weird also just to have like these like. What's supposed to be, like, a really, like, intimate phone call in which I'm telling you I'm going to fucking murder you is, like, in a car, in, like, L.A. traffic. Like, that's just, like, such a weird setting. And in that small scene, we gather that he has his own talk show called, like, 100% Cotton. Um, and I thought, I think that would be really funny to explore that more. Like, he can't be in stab. He's a journalist now, you know, or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's, he gets killed off way too soon to have any sort of fun with that. So I think like, I don't hate this premise. I think stab has been on the peripheral since like two, uh, and we've always been so meta about filmmaking and movies and like these structure of movies that it could have been really fun to have like a movie within a movie, but there's something off about this. Yeah. I do think the backdrop of we're on the set of stab three and the actors playing the characters are getting killed off is such a great way for a third movie in the series but yeah there's just a lot of missteps i think that would have fit so much better had we wanted to drum up press and that's why all these murders are happening oh and cast members are being replaced it's so sad uh people are gonna want to see it like that fit, that fits in better with like what we're doing in three, and then also just like the overarching like meta movie situation we've, for Scream. We've solved the movie. We we You're fixed welcome. it. We, we fixed, fixed it. it. We also no offense to Scott Foley, but like if you compare the reveal 
like his acting as like the reveal do you compare that to like everyone else's acting when it's revealed they're the killers like it's just i can't can't pull it off my dude like it's compared to like Holy fantastic holy fantastic and laurie metcalf who are just like fucking deranged like um skeet Ulrich uh, and matthew lillard acting like the, insane i think the best reveal is the fourth one where it's yeah turns out it's sydney's like cousin sweet little cousin who's like fuck you i'm tired of you and stealing all the limelight yeah it's gonna be me and i want the fame yeah and i'm gonna set this up so it looks like i'm the victim and the story will be about me yeah and then, like she gets her dumb friend in like the the film club to go on it with her and she kills him he's like wait what no <laughs> like holy uh i think stream four is the one that stands up best over time i really really like stream four i yeah. really do and i'm glad honestly i'm really glad that they did a fourth one so that this isn't our ending um because this this also is just like to me not a great uh ending movie. of a series <laughs> yeah it's not a good movie and also the ending is just kind of like Oh, I think, I think the end cool. is good for the sin- the fact that it's like showing like Sydney leaves the door open and it's kind of like you know what I'm not afraid anymore. I, I would agree. I, I like that. I I do like that, and I think that does carry over into four, where she's it's, like more hard ass and is like, "All right, we're dealing yeah, with this again." Yeah, I'm not fucking around with this. Yeah, again. I do like that for her I, as a character. She's overcomes her shit. But it gets lost in the sauce of, like, everything else to me. I think it's... I have two complaints about the... Patrick Dempsey's watching movie with him. <laughs> he was the I cop thought... that just, like, was kind of shady. He was definitely one of our red herrings. Yeah. So, mm, I don't like that. that I think like, he was also... I'm gonna date Sydney now. Like, super weird. When were we rooting for them to get together? Like... Ugh, no. Can be alone. That's her... That's her art. Can be alone. She's, yeah. Strong and can handle herself now. Does not uh, need to um, be with the cop. We were rooting for Gail, uh, yeah, Gail and Dewey to be together. So yeah, they can be together. sure, yeah. Um, my second grievance with this movie ends with a Creed song. <laughs> Creed <laughs> is playing the credits. It I noticed sure like a Creed poster. I think it's in Sydney's house. I was like, does she have a Creed poster <laughs> on her wall? <laughs> yep, because it plays during the credits, and I'm like, Yikes. oh no. Yeah. All right. So let's give final thoughts on this. All right. I think I already know what you're gonna say, but Jessica, would you give it a second chance? I say no, um, which I know is very surprising because I was just speaking so highly of this movie. Okay, let's say you're someone who wants to watch the franchise all together at once, or maybe you have. Hey, I haven't seen these on a few years. I'm going to watch all of them. Sure. You can put in the rotation. Um, After that, no. I don't think you need to. I think one and two and four are really fun rewatches. Like we said earlier, when you know who the killer is, it's almost a little more fun to like point out like, oh, they're there doing that. How That's how that thing works. Like they were pretending to do this thing, but we saw you doing this thing. Um, And that's just simply not there. There's no like cool like puzzle piece that's like missing in scream three that you get to find the second time around so i say no um i think all the other ones come before this there's a reason it is the lowest rating in this case so no so my second chance is divided again um 
if you've never seen this movie, um, first of all, have you seen the rest of the screams? <laughs> if you've never seen any of the screams, the only ones I would recommend would be one or four. Uh, I think you could watch four without seeing the others, and I think you could. You're caught up, whatever, and it's fun. It's more modern. I could understand why someone would be like, I don't want to watch something that's over twenty years old. I get it, whatever. There's too many things to watch. Just watch number four. Uh, but if you wanted to see them all, start with one. And I feel like if you watched one and liked it, you'd just go two, three, four. You'd watch them all. Um, but if you haven't watched any of them in a while, you're like, I want to revisit the whole thing. Revisit the whole thing. But if you're like, how is three? You can skip it. It's it's not great. It was fun for me. I enjoyed my time with it, but there's better there's this is the least best screen movie um but they're all fun they're all slashers and i dig them i think what you said is is good which is it's the least best out of all yeah. four that they're we have so far um i just find that like i know where we can go when we're at the best and like we're not there but you nearly know what? at all with three like one bit and I find all the three other movies to be so fantastic. But you know, so, when you have like one and two, their only place to go is down. There was nowhere yeah. you weren't gonna build it up. That's why I really think like hard. four is pretty equal with two and one. They're all equal in my mind. Um, they're just slightly below. Well, thank you for listening <laughs> to another episode of Second Chance Movies. Really appreciate you. If you liked what you've been listening to, please leave us a review, a comment, a like. It really helps us. Subscribe, download an episode. We really appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. A talk big... to us about movies. Let's start up a conversation. What movies do you want to talk about? What movies do you want us to talk about? We love talking about movies. Absolutely. And you can follow us on social media. Everything's listed below. You can contact us there. Again, we love talking. We love talking about movies. So let's be friends. A big thank you as always to Beanie McBeatface for our theme song. And yeah, we'll be back next week with another Second Chance movie. I don't think I have any sound bites for this movie. Second